This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Praise the Lord. Man, I'm so glad that being in the kingdom means we're alive, full of joy. Man, oh man, oh man. Listen, some people think that being a Christian is like, you know, being in a straitjacket. You know, can't have any fun. We better not smile. You know, I don't know why we let the devil have all the good music anyway. Come on. You know, we think, oh, Christians, we're going to play all that old sad music. (laughs) Glory. I tell you. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I came this morning already. Oh, it's good. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark 4. We're talking about this month entering a new season. We're going to be wrapping that up today. Mark chapter 4 has kind of been our text we've been reading from. Uh, Mark 4, Jesus is speaking here, verse 21. He said to them, let me get over there, find my spot. He said in verse, I'm sorry, verse 26. He said to them, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full corn in the head, the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle into it because the harvest is come. Now, we've been talking about harvest time. Well, we're going to talk about harvest time today, but we're talking about the seasons in the kingdom of God Real quick review, we talked about sowing time. You know, he said here, he said, this is what the kingdom of God's like. So we don't have to guess about the kingdom. You know, that's another thing that somehow religions muddle things up so much, you know, and we get this idea about, you know, God and the spirit and the kingdom and it's all, you know, we don't know it's. You know, we, we think it's all spooky and all kind of nobody really can figure it out. But Jesus said real plainly here, he said, this is what the kingdom of God's like. He said, a man takes seed. That's easy to understand. You put the seed in the ground. I got it so far, you know, and you go to bed and get up. Man, I did that today. How many of you did that this week? You went to bed and got up. I'm so, see, this is the way it is with God. He makes it. So that what? We all can participate. I'm glad, you know, I don't have to have a PhD in rocket science to go to bed and get up. (laughs) I get sleepy, it's bedtime, I go to bed. Morning comes, light comes, I get up. He said, this is how the kingdom operates. And he said, the seed that is sown, it has an ability when it's mixed in with the soil that it, it, he says here, it grows all by itself. That, that Greek phrase there grows all by itself, it, it, it's where we get the word automatic from. You know, we talk about something being automatic. You know, nowadays, you know, you walk up, uh, it's rare that you ever come to a door unless maybe it's at your own home where you have to open it yourself. You go to a store, you go to a business, you go to any place like that. What happens? The door opens automatically. This is what he's saying. Once the seed's put in the ground, it, it automatically puts you into this kingdom cycle of seasons. It starts with sowing. Last week we looked at growing because it's going to grow. He, he gave the process here. He said it, it begins as a shoot. Then, it, it, then you begin to see, uh, you know, the, 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 if it's corn or tomatoes or whatever it is, you begin to see it come in a little bud. And then it continues to grow until what? It's ready for harvest and you know the whole purpose of sowing and growing is so you can get to the you know i'm always surprised at people that say well you know you oughtn't to expect anything you know talking about you know in the kingdom 
If, whether it's you sowing your, your, your prayers or your faith or your finances or whatever. And people say, well, you oughtn't to give and expect anything back. Could you imagine a farmer that way? Would you think a farmer? Is something wrong with a farmer? If he plants, he plows his ground, he plants his seed, he takes care of it. Do you think he's selfish to want to harvest back? You know, I've told you all along, you know, all that stuff doesn't grow down at Publix. <laughs> you know, I, I, I grew up, you know, we didn't own a farm. I just got to work on one. But, you know, that, that stuff doesn't grow in the grocery store. It grows out in a field somewhere. It grows, it takes, it takes somebody knowing what they're doing. It takes somebody willing to, to prepare the ground and sow the seed and let it grow and tend that thing. And we talked about last week, the sowing time is where we have to tend to that shoot, that little plant as it begins to grow in our life. And you know, because uh, before the fruit, there has to be a root. I was hoping somebody was listening from last week. All I heard was the crickets. <laughs> and before the fruit, there has to be a root. And Jesus, remember we talked about again, Jesus using this this same analogy, the parable of the sower. Remember, we looked at that last week. If you were here, the sower, he said, he said, the kingdom of God's this way. The sower sows the word. Some falls by the wayside. Some falls among the rocks. Some falls among the thorns. Other falls on good ground. We talked about those aspects of the soil intermingling with the seed in order for the roots to go down strong enough to support the plant to bring the nutrients to the plant so that what? The fruit might be ripened or grow to a place of harvest. So I would encourage you, you can go on our website if you haven't been here, get the podcast because I take all the time to review and then, you know, all my, my time's gone. So we, we're going to move on this morning. We're going to talk about uh, harvest this time. And we're also going to talk about not only the reaping season, but the resting season. Those are the two that's left. So uh, turn, if you will, over to Galatians 6. We'll get into this. We've looked at this scripture before. I want to look at it again in, in the light of something different I want to emphasize. He says here in Galatians 6, now he's talking about spiritual things here. <clears throat> verse 6 and verse, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. Galatians 6, and we're going to look at verse 7. He said, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Now, what's he, he's, he's about to tell us what God's not going to be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. He reaps what he sows. And we've, you know, we said this, if we don't like the harvest we have, we need to look at the seed we've sown. You cannot sow seeds of fear and anxiety and reap a harvest of peace. You just can't do it. And you know, there's so much going on in our world. I mean, you know, we live in the information age, don't we? I mean, you know, uh, you know I say it all the time humorously, but it's just about the truth. If a, if a bird, if a sparrow drops in China, you can know about it almost by the time it's hit the ground. There's so much information out there. There's so much coming at us. Sometimes it feels like you're trying to get a drink of water from a fire hydrant. It's just coming at you. But all of those words, all of those things coming at you, you know what they also are? Those are seeds. Those are seeds. And many people are filling themselves up with the seeds of fear and anxiety and, 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 and concerns about all that's going on and all of that. You're feeding on that every day. You're feeding on that every day. And you wonder why you don't have any peace of mind. You wonder why you're so troubled or in anguish about things. You're concerned about what's coming on. But Jesus said this. He said, don't take thought about tomorrow. Whoa, that's radical. Well, we got a plan for tomorrow, Pastor Norris. I mean, you know, I got to plan my retirement. I got to get everything planned up. You know, I've, I've lived a little while now and I, I'm all for for planning and financial planning, that's all good. But, you know, uh, you can plan and plan and plan, but, you know, things happen. Unexpected things happen. And I want to make sure that my peace, my confidence is in God. 
And I do all that other stuff, but that's not where my confidence is. So he says here, he says, whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows, <clears throat> pardon me, to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not be weary in doing good. So what does he say is equivalent to sowing? Doing good. Remember we said a seed is anything that you have, that I have, that we can sow into someone else to help them. Whatever it is, it may be time, it may be talents, it may be ability, it may be on occasion finances, whatever it is. But anything that I have that I can sow into the life of someone else, now we sow into ourselves, that's true. We want to make sure, what, that we don't just get self-centered about this. I think this is where the problem has been with sowing and reaping, is that, that uh, there's been a segment that have, we've just made it all about us. You know, in Christianity, anytime we make anything all about us, it really gets messed up, doesn't it? I'm going to say that again. I said anytime we take a truth from the Scriptures and we, we make it just about us, all about us, we really mess it up. Are you listening? Yes, God intends for us to be blessed and to receive the benefits of His grace and His salvation. But listen, we're to take portions from what God's done in our life and we're begin to sow them out from us unto other people. And listen, you don't have to be selective about it. If they're living, if they're breathing, if they need what you have, just sow it into their lives. Yeah, but I don't know if they're really a Christian. What difference does that make? I said, what difference does that make? The Bible says that Jesus died for us before there ever was a Christian. If he hadn't been willing to do that, there never would have been a Christian. Come on, isn't that right? Oh, come on. See, that's religion that says, well, I ain't going to have nothing to do with them people. They're there, you know. I know it. You're so holy. <laughs> Now listen, a seed is anything I have. Sow it freely. Just sow it out there. You know, your job is to sow the seed. Then let the seed do its work. Remember he said, the seed, once it's sown, what? There is an automatic process that God has put into it, and it'll begin to work. Sow seeds of kindness. Sow seeds of love. Sow seeds of help. Sow seeds of blessing. Listen, people don't need you to pile on them. I don't know about you, but I'm already caring enough. I don't need you to pile on me. And most of us are pretty much aware, you know, of the flaws in our life. I really don't need a fruit inspector. You know? I've, I've run into Christians through the years, you know. Well, God's given me the ministry, you know, of fruit inspector. I want to tell them, you know, just turn that gift on yourself for a few minutes and you'll stop that. Isn't that true? He says, don't become weary in well-doing. At the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let us do good to all people. How many people? You know what the Greek word there for all is? Oh, you're so smart. <laughs> all. That's right. It's not complicated, is it? All. Do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. But he said to all people. Just, just do good to all people. Do as much good to as many people as you can all the time. You say, what, what's it like to live the Christian life? I just described it. <laughs> do as much good as you can to everyone. Isn't that right? But he says there is a due season. And due season means that a, there is a, a, there's always an end to the growing season. You know, we don't sow all the time and we don't grow all the time. There is a harvest that God has for you. There's a due season. Now this word, that this little phrase due season, literally means this. It means that there is uh, a personal, private season for you to harvest. You know, 
I remember growing up on a farm where they we'd plant the seed. It might have been cotton, it might have been corn, whatever it was that we, we that was planted out there. It might have been hay, could be any any number of different things. But you know, they they plant that seed out in the and it began to grow, and you could begin to tell. You know what? There's going to be a due season for that. And you know who that crop belonged to? The person who sowed the seed in the land. That's who the the crop belonged to. If you sow a seed, a seed into other people's lives, you sow a seed into your own life, you should expect that there's going to be a due season for you to reap. Are you listening? You know, one of the things, when we sow God's Word into our lives, what's one of the things we can expect out of that? Well, one of the things is, is faith. He said faith is a product of the seed of the Word of God. Romans 10, 17. Now, the King James says it this way. Now then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But you know what? All words are seeds. Are you listening? They're seeds. You know what this book is? Remember we, we talked about Johnny Appleseed? You know, everywhere he went, he had, a, he had a pouch and he was sowing seed. He was sowing apple seed. He had a mission, and that was what? He was going to plant and grow as many apple trees as he could. That was his mission. And you know, our mission to expand the kingdom of God, it's not, it's not complicated. It's not mysterious. We just take the seed from the scriptures, from the Bible. You know what? And we just sow them into people. We just sow them wherever we go. Now listen. Get over here and sow the seeds in the New Testament. Are you listening to me? We live what? We live under the New Covenant, don't we? You know? We're not over there praying one of these prayers. God, bust their teeth. God, don't answer their prayers. Come on. That's not what... We live under a New Covenant. We're people of love, aren't we? Didn't Jesus say, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples because you got a big church? No, he said, because you what? Love one another. Isn't that what it's about? So there's a due season that's going to come, a private season. There's a set time for you to reap. A set time for you to reap. This is really what we want to talk about in these last few minutes, to set time for you to reap. Now, signs that the harvest is ready. Signs that the harvest is ready. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, we'll look over there and read a scripture. This is about, now, the Bible says that God wrote down the things that happened to Israel. Paul said this that they would be examples to us. What happened to them in the natural are spiritual examples for us to learn from. And when God took them into, from Egypt, a type of the world, He took them into Canaan land, the promised land, which is a type of what? Our salvation. The promised land is not heaven. You're not going to have to fight any giants in heaven. There's no wall cities to overcome in heaven. There's no more battles to be fought in heaven. When they came into the promised land, didn't they have to do all that? Yes. Well, see, you're, see, so that couldn't be talking about heaven. It's talking about what? The Christian life now. Well, we, we become Christians. We enter into a relationship with God. But there's still some battles that have to be fought. Amen? Amen. See, a lot of people are surprised sometimes because, you know, they, they, they have a relationship by faith. They receive Jesus as Savior. He comes to live inside of them. They're growing in this relationship. But somehow they've gotten the idea, if I'm in this, this, this relationship with God through salvation, man, you know, no more battles. Boy, I don't know who told you that. Maybe somebody that wasn't saved. I don't know. No, there's still battles to be fought. But when they came into the promised land, God said, something's going to be a little bit different here. He said, and, and he brings it out here. In verse uh, 14, 11, 14, he says this. He said, he said, I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rain, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and oil. Notice what he says here. He says, just as it's time for the harvest to ripen, he said, I am going to send 
rain upon your field, upon your land, and there is going to be that last moving, working of the Holy Spirit to help what? Bring about a harvest in our life. So here's the thing. Let's back up. We've sown the seed. What's the seed? It's God's Word. This is the good seed. The Bible says it's incorruptible seed. Remember we talked about the seed that was found in Egypt. They uncovered it. Uh, some, some wheat seed there that had been in one of those uh, tombs of the kings, pharaohs, for, for two, three, four thousand years. Been in there all that time. But as soon as they put it in the proper uh, uh, ground and the moisture and everything, boom, it sprouted right up. This is incorruptible seed. It will not fail you. Are you listening? It will not fail you. Jesus said this, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, my seed, abides forever. In other words, it's eternal. It's eternal. So when the the latter rain comes, it's to culminate the harvest. What is that for you and I? That is the activity of the Holy Spirit. You know, in all of this, the, the sowing, the growing... And now today we're talking about the reaping. In all of this, there is an unseen helper working with us in this process of seasons. And He is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. There's probably been no, there's probably been no more controversial subject, at least here in the, in the United States, than the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you just say the Holy Spirit and Christians get nervous. Isn't that a shame? That's one of the reasons. Let me just do an info blurb right here. That's one of the reasons, starting this Wednesday night, I'm going to be doing a series on meeting or getting to know the Holy Spirit. Because He's God in the earth. He's the one that's living in you. He's the helper that Jesus sent. He's the one that's going to guide us into all truth. He's our power source. He's the one that's working with us. And yet many times, you know, we either are ignorant of Him and His ways or we're afraid of Him. Come on. I think it's probably because of the translation probably in the, the King James that says Holy Ghost. Well, that was just, in their days, that, that was just the word they used for spirit. And the Bible says that God is a spirit. We oughtn't to be afraid of the spiritual realm. That, that's home. I said that's home. Not this fleshly, earthly realm. We're just passing through here. (laughs) I'm on my way somewhere. (laughs) And it's in another realm. It's the Holy Spirit. So there's Holy Spirit activity that begins to happen. And there begins to be some divine favor and alignment of your circumstances that begins to come forth. Now we see this in uh, an example. Joseph is a great example of this, isn't he? God spoke a seed, a promise to Joseph through a dream, said, you know, said, you're going to be ruling. You're going to, you're going to rule and reign. Remember, he saw all his brothers bowing down and all that. You remember that? Yes. Now, let me just add this too. Right about the time, there's always two things or two personalities at work during all this time, but especially at harvest time, there's two personalities. And uh, I'm sorry, but here at Passion Church, we believe in the devil. Jesus believed in the devil. You know, by that I mean he knew the devil was real. So there's two personalities. There's the Holy Spirit working, but also you have an enemy that's at work. The devil, evil spirits, they're at work. And, and especially right around harvest time, you're going to see them both begin to work. I know I, we've seen, I've seen this in, in my life these 40 years walking with the Lord. That just about the time that you begin to see Holy Spirit activity begin to happen, you can see it's about time for harvest. All of a sudden, the enemy ratchets up his work too. And man, just before harvest, just before you're about to get your breakthrough, the enemy will come in. And you know what he wants to do? He wants to try to steal your harvest. How does he do that? He tries to discourage you through circumstance, through different things that will happen to you, and He wants to get you to give up 
just before you get your harvest. Remember when Jesus, he went to John the Baptist. Remember out there in Jordan, Jesus, he was baptized in water. He came up, the Holy Spirit came on him in the image of a dove. Remember that? The voice spoke, God spoke from heaven. I mean, man, he had an experience with God, didn't he? <laughs> Woo! Right after that, what happened? He was tempted 40 days of the devil. Now, why in the world follow up such an experience with that? Well, it gives us a pattern because just after you sow your seed, you're you're diligent, the growing season, it's about time for you to reap the harvest. You know your breakthrough is imminent, but then all of a sudden things begin to happen that are not in line with your harvest. They're in opposition to it. That's what happened to Joseph, wasn't it? He was sold as a slave. Well, that's a real auspicious start to your crop. He was, put, he was in a pit. He was sold as a slave. He was, that wasn't enough. He was falsely accused and put in prison. <clears throat> wow. How's it working out for you so far, Joseph? Yeah, you sure you want another word from the Lord? I mean, it was difficult, wasn't it? But, you know, all this time God was working... He was working in the circumstances, even there in Egypt, even in Pharaoh's house, because he he was locked up with two people from Pharaoh's house, a baker and a butler. Remember that? We won't take time to read it. You can read it over there. There was two people in there. They had a dream, and Joseph interpreted the dream. One of them was going to be restored, the butler, the other one, the baker. And it happened just as he said. And so the butler's restored, and here's Joseph. And the Bible says in Psalm 105, let's read this here. This is, this is so good, we need to read it. Psalm 105. <clears throat> We're talking about signs that the harvest is ready. It says, in verse 17, He sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave, They bruised his feet with shackles, his neck was put in irons, till what he foretold came to pass. The word of the Lord proved him true. The king sent and released him. The ruler of people set him free. He made him master of his household and ruler over all he possessed to instruct his princes as he pleased and to teach his elders wisdom. Now I want you to notice this, that even though Joseph was oppressed, his season for breakthrough, for harvest, was just around the corner. And here's how we can determine that. When the Holy Spirit is moving at harvest time in your life, all of a sudden, circumstances and people begin to be, there begins to be a divine alignment of people and circumstances that begin to work in your life. Harvest time. I told you about the time. I could tell you many instances. I remember <clears throat> I was still a single man many years ago going to Bible school out to Tulsa. I say that because one of the, the, the men visiting us here is from, out from Oklahoma. But uh, I was out there in Tulsa, the Tulsa area, Broken Arrow. You, I've, I've told you this story before, but this is just how God. I went out there. All my earthly possessions was in a car. I had no place to stay. I had no job. And I'm going to school. And the school wasn't free. So I'm out there. You know, I, I got out there that evening. The next day, I pull up to uh, the get-and-goes. They still have the get-and-goes out there? Those things still out there? I don't know. That, it's been a long time ago. It's four-year time. <laughs> I still think I'm young. I don't know what to do with this. But anyway, it was kind of like a 7-Eleven. You know, like a, you know, one of those kind of sh- shops. I don't know. Speedways or whatever they are. But, you know, I pulled up to that. Now, this is before the Internet. Before cell phones. No, I didn't go out on a covered wagon. I really would drove a car. But I pulled up there, and, and, I, and you know, I was going to make some phone calls to, to try to set up some interviews for a job, you know. And so I'm, you know, I pull up there and I'm ready to do it, but there's, you know, there's only one phone and a phone booth. Anybody know what a phone booth is? 
have to Google it if you're young. You know, they had, it, it, was a, it was one of these you know, clear plastic things, you know, with the phone in it. And you had to put money in it and dial up. So he was using the phone, so I had to wait for the, him to get through with the phone. I'm sitting there in my car. I'm looking down at my paper. All of a sudden, I hear somebody. He's, this guy, he left, he left the receiver down. You know, he didn't hang up. And he come knock on my window. I thought he was going to ask me about, you know, how to get somewhere. And I just got there myself. Instead, he said, uh, you wouldn't have to be looking for a job, would you? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I am. He said, well, there's a guy on the phone here. I was supposed to go to work for him today, but something come up, and I'm not going to be able to. He asked me if I knew anybody, and I told him to hold on. So you want to talk to him? So I talked to him. I had a job that day. You know, what I'm saying is what? When, when, when your harvest time comes in, the enemy will begin to work, but God begins to work. And how does he begin to work? He begins to align People and circumstances, divine favor comes to you. And just like the butler, if you read about it, the butler opened the door for Joseph. If you read the story, that's really what he did. Because he told the Pharaoh, he said, hey, I know a man that can interpret your dream. So Pharaoh sent for him, got him all cleaned up. Joseph interpreted the dream. And I mean, by the end of that day, he went from prison to ruling. Wow. I could tell you story after story like that where God worked in our life and you begin to see. And so here's what I'm saying. When you see it's about harvest time for you and you begin to see the activity of the enemy. In other words, circumstances. It looks like things are getting worse instead of better. I'm telling you what. Harvest time is really close. Don't give up. Don't let go. Don't get discouraged. Don't start murmuring and complaining and grumbling and griping. Just stand close. I just tell the devil all the time, man, thank you for confirming it. The Holy Ghost confirming it, you confirming it. Because he always, you'll see the Holy Spirit working, but you'll see the enemy working. It's just amazing. I, I, I remember another time we had just moved back here from the mission field. Cindy and I, we had three little children. No, you don't know the story I'm telling. <laughs> Fast forward. We do have three kids, right? Okay. <laughs> I thought we did. We, we, but we'd moved back here to Montgomery from the Missionville. And of course, we had everything you needed, you know, being missionaries. Boatload of money, everything. It was just great. You know I'm kidding, right? <laughs> you know, don't believe everything people tell you that everybody that goes into ministry does it to get rich. That's not why we did it. That's why, not why most people do it. But we came back. We, we, we moved in a little apartments over here on Woodmere. Little bitty apartment. There was five of us in there, you know. I, I'd found me a little part-time job. I was working. Cindy was getting ready to go back to school to work. Everything, you know. So we were, we were starting over brand new. Cindy went for a routine checkup, you know. And uh, you know, the doctor said, "Well, I see something there," but you know, she was she, she was young in her thirties. No history there. Everything's fine. It's it, probably nothing. Well, we get the phone call. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The phone call. Or they call you and say, you know, you know, they are they might as well just tell you over the phone because you know you can tell by the, the way they talk and the way they phrase it, you know, bring somebody down. You know, you almost think, you know, you do do we need to bring the hearse too? <laughs> so we come down there and sure enough we got a bad report. Cancer. Wow. Wait a minute, we've been serving God. We gave up everything. We was on the mission field. We're serving God. Wait a minute. This, this is not what we're believing for. This is not what we're looking for. Remember, we're talking about signs that the harvest is here. I want to help you here. See, we need to learn how the kingdom operates. Not only the, the kingdom of, of God, but we need to, you know, Paul said this. He said, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. We learn how he operates so that, you know, so you know how to live this life and walk in victory that we talk about. 
And so, you know, all that's going on. And so we've, we've got that. Of course, we're just back from the mission field. We have no insurance. None. Zero. Nada. Nothing. You know? We're just back. We're, we're living, you know, we're living paycheck to paycheck. Nobody knows what that's like. And the paycheck wasn't that big either. <laughs> Not in those days. But here we are. We're coming back. So, you know, so... So that happens, and we're like, wow, you know, it kind of knocks the breath out of you a bit because you're not expecting that. You know, fear wants to try to get on you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But, you know, we'd learned how to resist that. We'd learned how to take God's Word and the, and the help of the Holy Spirit to resist that. And so, you know, we got that. So we're facing that and everything. I'm coming home from work one day on Carmichael Road here. I'm coming along, minding my own business. I mean, I had a tape on. You know, Dr. Hagen was teaching on faith on this tape. I'm coming along, coming from work, trusting God. Wham! Out of nowhere. One of these big old uh, uh, pickup trucks, you know, that's jacked way up with the big tires. It's got the big grill on it. Next thing I know, I'm flipped upside down with the, with the top of the car crushed in, and I'm sliding down the road on Carmichael. All the time, Brother Hagin's preaching to me. <laughs> I'm like, holy cow. We're talking about how, you know, when harvest. So all this stuff, this stuff is going on. You know, and I just reach up and turn the car off and, some guy comes over there, you know, because the seatbelt wasn't released. The car was totaled. And so I cut the seatbelt off. All the windows, of course, are, are broken out, so I just crawl out the window, you know. And I'm standing on the side of the road looking at the wreck. I'm like, I can't believe this. You know, with the rest of the crowd. You know, they finally, the, the, the ambulance and police, everybody gets there, you know, and they're looking around. Well, who was in the car? I said, oh, I was in the car. <laughs> And so, you know, I was right there at the apartment, so I just walked home. What you going to do? You know, they towed the car. Now we got no insurance, no car. Boy, things are looking up. <laughs> We're talking about the activity of the enemy just before harvest comes in. Well, real quickly, just to sum it up the rest of the, rest of the story, uh, Cindy is healed. Been healed, what, 20 years now? All our medical bills were paid. We got another car. <laughs> and we moved on. You know, this is, I can tell you story after story like that. You know, where we, we just walk with God. And it's not, it's not because we're anything special. We're just regular people. Anybody that knows us, you know that. We're just regular people. But we got a great God. And the same God that's great for us is great for you. He's no respecter of persons. He loves you just as much as He loves us. So divine favor and alignment through circumstances and people. So opportunities become avenues for reaping your harvest. Look for opportunities. Look for favor from God. God will give you favor as your harvest is about to come. And when that favor comes, you grab hold of it. When God opens a door, let me give you a clue. Walk through it. Walk through it. Recognize when God's at work. Hey, God's in this. You'll have a, a witness of your spirit You'll know this is what I planted seed for. This is divine favor. God will have butlers to open doors, pharaohs to finance your dream, whatever it is that you need. He will bring it in in the due season for you. I want to tell you what. Being a Christian has been the most exciting thing in our lives, hasn't it, honey? We've just been on an adventure. You guys know I, You know, I'm, I don't know what to say. You know, if it... If you, you know, if it's been humdrum and you're bored and you're tired and wore out, I don't know what to say. I just... But it's, it, I mean, I could, we could tell you story after story after story like this. Where God's come through. Where we just follow God, go down, go down to Argentina. And the next thing you know, man, I, you know, 
I'm just sitting in the service, minding my own business in, in this big church. And all of a sudden, uh, the guy that's over this church, he's got a church of 100,000 people. He's pretty successful. Nobody knows who I am. I'm just sitting there minding my own business. When he says, hey, you know what? I think you need to preach tonight. That's why Paul said, be instant in season, out of season. <laughs> so we end up, you know, doing that. Then not only that, he takes us home, cooks a meal. Then he said, you ought to be staying in the hotel using that money. You come stay over here at our house. And that started our ministry down in Argentina. I mean, I can story after story after story. Listen, God doesn't do that because I'm a preacher. See, somebody, somebody might be thinking that. God does that. Why? Because what? I plant seed. I believe God. And I recognize what my time of harvest. And when harvest comes, Jesus said, just, re- just reach in and reap it. But it's divine favor, alignment of circumstances. God will work in your life. You say, well, I don't know. I I didn't know that God still did that. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me give you something out of the Bible. Because, you know, if it's out of the Bible, you can't argue with that. Right? Remember one time, uh, uh, Peter, uh, uh, you know, he he had back taxes to pay. His taxes were due. Remember that? That, Boy, you can't get more real than that, can you? (laughs) Paying your taxes. He said, I, he said, I need to pay the taxes. Jesus said, well, here's what you do. Go fish. <laughs> That's the craziest thing I ever heard. And he said, the first fish you catch, what? He said, there's going to be what? Some gold in it. And he said, use that and go pay your taxes. Now, you know what we miss sometimes? He said, the first fish. So it must have been more than one. You know, when they fished, you know, Peter was a commercial fisherman. You know that, don't you? You remember, let me just go back a little bit. Is it all right if we go this direction? You know, remember when Peter, James, and John, they were partners in a fishing consortium. You know, they they fished for a living. They were commercial fishermen. And they didn't put, you know, they weren't like one of these party boats. You ever been out on a deep-sea party boat where everybody puts the line out and you get tangled up with everybody else? That's not the way they fished. They used a big net. And Jesus said, you know, throw your net out. And, you know, when he called, just before he called them to follow him, and they brought in so many fish, he had to, it filled up all the boats that they had almost to the sinking place. Well, you know what? How I many you know you can't eat boatloads of fish? I don't care how hungry you are. You know what they did with those? They sold them. And then while Peter... And James and John were going about with Jesus everywhere. What? Their families were taken care of. Are you listening? I found this out. Whenever I follow Jesus, my family's taken care of. Oh, yeah, we've been through challenges, of course. But there's always a due season. There's a due season of harvest. Real real quickly. I know my time's running out. I kind of went a little bit different direction, but hopefully you're getting something out of this. After our harvest, we have our harvest time. And remember what I said, opportunities. Look for opportunities. When harvest time comes, God provides them through opportunities. An opportunity. Maybe for you, it's a, it's a, it's a, a client that you've been needing. Maybe it's a business opportunity that opens up. Maybe it's an idea that God gives for you. Maybe it's a promotion. Maybe God opens up a particular school or an opportunity for you to go there. I'm not just talking about, you know, that God backs up, you know, the heavenly dump truck and just dumps it on you. Boom. He's, you know, all that activity of the Holy Spirit, it's working down here. He works in the natural circumstances and through people to bring favor to open doors, to give opportunities. And see, many people miss their harvest because they don't recognize the opportunity as being from God. Because here's the thing. It takes faith and some risk-taking to receive the harvest. You know, for us, when we got off that plane in South America with no jobs because they wouldn't let you work there. 
and you got two small kids in diapers, reality hits you in the face. Woo! You know, it's all exciting when you're here at home and you're talking about it and you're preaching and everybody's slapping you on the back. But when you're there, I mean, you know, all those people didn't come with you. <laughs> you know, they had, they had their path they were on. They were, they were living their life, and rightly so. But there's always risk-taking. If you want to receive the harvest, there's going to be an element of what faith that's required for you that you say, this is it. This is my harvest. This is my opportunity. The reason I sow, I've sown those seeds that I've sown, and I, now I'm going to step out and I'm going to take it. I'm going to enroll in that course. I'm going to go to that school. I'm going to start up this new business. I'm going to do those things. This is my opportunity. Are you listening? And in that opportunity is your harvest. And all God's looking for is you to say, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You know, the proportion I found is this. For everyone like Peter who gets out of the boat, there's 11 that choose to stay in the boat. The boat's safer. All right. Let me share some things after your harvest is coming. How many of you give me about five more minutes? I know we normally get out at noon. You give me about five more minutes, we're going to wrap this up. But what do we do? Once, the, once you have your harvest, I encourage you to do this, and the Scriptures does too. Always honor God from your harvest. Proverbs 3.9 calls it first fruits. First fruits. Whatever the harvest is, honor God out of that harvest. When, he, when, when that seed comes forth and, it, it, and you reap that harvest and you get that breakthrough in your life, whatever it is, find some way to honor God from that first fruits. That word there, translated first fruits, it literally means this in first fruits. It means the first from your increase. And every harvest always brings increase. You don't plant a seed and just reap a seed, do you? When you plant a seed, you get back more. You always get back more. You always get back more. Say that with me. I always get back more. Otherwise, what's the, why take a risk? Just keep the seed you got. But honor God from that, from the first fruits. You know, because you know what that does? That really brings about a completeness to the harvest cycle that, okay, I plant, I've sown, I've grown, now I've reaped the harvest, now I'm honoring God back with a portion from that harvest. It might just be thanksgiving. It might be that you, if it's, if it's a financial increase, you might, want to, you, know, you might want to give to help somebody else. Maybe give to the poor. Are you listening? Give to support missions or something. Give to help somebody. Maybe your neighbors. And, you know, it's some way that you can give out from that. And you know what? That's another way we honor God. See, none of this works when we're self-centered. See, there's a built-in governance in the kingdom of God. See, I never worry. Oh, aren't you worried about that? I mean, you, you talk about sowing and reaping. Aren't you worried about people getting all selfish? Hey, it doesn't work for selfish people. Are you listening? It doesn't work for selfish people. Because Jesus said, faith works by love. All right, real quickly. The last season, the season of rest. And I'm just going to put these points up here real quickly. The season of rest. There's always a season of rest. Did you know even God rested? You can read about it in Genesis 2. Not because He was tired, but because what? He was finished. <laughs> he was finished. I sow, I grow, I reap. What? I'm finished. So now I rest. Because what? It's finished. In recovery, in, in the season of rest, there's recovery, there's reflection, and there's preparation for the next season, which is what going to be a season of, what? of sowing again. I recover. I renew. I reflect. You know, here's how we, how we learn in our Christian walk. We need to take some time and reflect about what just happened. What just happened here? 
This is how we, we, we gain understanding and wisdom about how God works in our lives. We reflect on it. You know how I learned that the enemy always operates just before harvest time? I reflected on it through experience and from the scriptures. And I always see that pattern. So during the rest time, I reflect on it. I say, hey, this is, this, wait a minute, I'm getting something here. And you know, you can also look at this last working of God in that, those seasons of your life and say, okay, let me reflect back and see this journey here, how God operated. Look back and see how the Holy Spirit was working in my circumstances and working all along uh, in this, this sowing and growing and reaping season. And I gain understanding because remember, we said that the seasons, God said the seasons, they're always what? Cyclical. They're cyclical, aren't they? They change, but what? There's also what? A stability. The seasons are always changing, but there's always a stability because we know this season follows that season, follows that season, follows that season, follows this season, follows that season. He said that's the way the kingdom of God is. And so when I go to sow and when I go to grow and when I go to do that on the next time, guess what? I've learned some things. So I can be more patient. Isn't that right? I can have a better understanding about how this process works. I can cooperate with the Holy Spirit better. And so in all of this, what I can ensure, because the bottom line is what? We want to get to harvest. You don't sow seed without wanting to get to harvest. That's really what it's about. Just before we let you go, I want to pray over you. You know, this series has been, this month, we've talked about entering a new season. Entering a new season. And for many of us here, we need to enter into a new season, don't we? We need to enter a new season. Maybe you've sown your seed already, whatever it may be. A promise from God. A prayer that you put to God. Maybe you, you some uh, act of obedience that you've done uh, as well in obeying God. His purpose for your life. His direction for your life. Wherever it may be. You've sown that seed, you know, but you haven't seen harvest yet. God wants to bring you to the place of harvest. He wants you to have that breakthrough. He wants to, you to have that seed in the barn. He wants you to know the joy, okay, that comes from receiving from God. There's nothing like it. You know, it's almost, in many ways, the joy of receiving from God is greater than what you actually got from God. You know what I mean? The blessing to know that God did this. He did this for me. He did this for you. This is what He wants to do. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.